This is the agenda on Ubuntu Radio with Talimunjezi. Jordan McLean joins us on the line right now. Good morning to you. Welcome to Ubuntu Radio. Thanks, Tali. Good morning. I'm very happy to be here. From, from your perspective, let's look at uh, the Heads of State Summit. What came out out of the uh, BRICS Summit? Any takeouts for you? It was one of the most symbolic BRICS summits that we've seen yet because it really sends a strong changing. I mean, chief on the agenda was definitely the issue of BRICS expansion, and we saw the BRICS expand to add six new members um, as of January 2024. Um, and I think this is really critical because, you know, for a club of just five countries, we've seen continuously how the global community follows the BRICS achievement, follows their viewpoints with growing interest. So it really speaks to how important the grouping is becoming in the global community. Um, I think also, if you look at the large number of applications that we had just ahead of the BRICS summit, and some of them, you know, coming out while the summit was underway, um, from countries that are wanting to join the BRICS, and the large number of BRICS states that came to South Africa and other dignitaries that were here in Johannesburg to join the summit, it's really a testament to sort of the long-standing discomfort of the global south with the pace of global reforms. Because if you look at the objective of the BRICS initially, and which has continued, it's really just to push these global institutions towards reform, to forge more equal institutions that can better represent the interests of our developing and emerging con- economy. So really, that's, that's the main outcome from the BRICS Summit. We've seen it in all the news coverage. Everyone is talking about BRICS expansion, BRICS expansion, because it is so pivotal to, towards the future of where this grouping can go and how they can better push for reforms that will create institutions that can represent Africa, Latin America and Asia much more um, going forward. You do have existing platform, global platform as well. That should have been looking at also the interests of Africa. You do have your, your, your G20, you do have a G77 plus China, uh, and, and a UN um, in, in particular as well, with its, with its agency as well. Do you think BRICS with its expansion really is showing that we are, we are heading towards a world where it's no longer the established multilateral, but also these formations are going to continue to reshape uh, our global politics. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that is the main message of the BRICS. That is the main message that you will see running through all of the heads of state that made that made a formal statement during the summit. It's that you know the the way that the global order is set up right now is reflective of a time that has really been um, passed long, a long time ago. I mean, these institutions, like the World Bank, like the IMF, would survive at the end of the Second World War. We're living in a completely different era now, which is why it's so critical that, you know, as the BRICS expands to represent, you know, another critical region like the Middle East, um, we con- they continue to push this narrative that global reforms have to keep up with the way that the world is changing, which is just not the current situation that we see today. Um, I think, though, that you know, a chief critique of the BRICS and of the expansion would probably be that you know the countries that have joined are not all democracies. So it, it speaks to you know while the BRICS are campaigning and advocating for, you know, making the global order much more equal, there are inherent issues within the BRICS themselves and within these new members that need to be dealt with as well. Quite interesting that you mentioned that uh, as much as we talk about democracy and uh, global governance, some of those countries not as democratic as others. Let's look at terms of economic cooperation. What, what do you see 
advancing? What are some of the issues as far as economic advancement of those who have joined, but also economic cooperation amongst BRIC countries? Where is it at? I think the the economic cooperation among the BRICs, you know, it's heavily skewed um, the statistics because of how big of a player China is in, in the global economy. So I think what we saw coming out of the declaration was the BRICs you know, looking to expand their cooperation, to deepen their cooperation and enhance their um, economic ties with each other, especially within the realm of trade. And I think what I tried to pick up on in the article is that energy is going to be a really critical area that the BRICS will ramp up their cooperation. I mean, the original BRICS make up already a third of global demand, just the five members alone. So they carry a lot of responsibility in terms of achieving the green energy. It's only possible if countries are able to cooperate with each other, share technologies, and develop those industries that are critical to um, decarbonize our economies. And now what we see with expansion is that all 11 members put together contribute over half of the global greenhouse gas emissions, which for me really ramps up the need for the BRICS to build up their renewable capacity. And this in turn can really ramp up how they how they work together in terms of the economy. Um, already we have China that leads the global solar sector. And we have these two new entrants from the Gulf states, Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, which invest heavily in renewable technology to sort of capture carbon from the atmosphere. And I do think that that already is a significant opportunity for the expanded BRICS to become renewable energy leaders, which in turn will have really positive effects for the economy. Um, Because what they would need to do is cooperate and critically build up a new basis for um, consensus on climate safety, and then this in turn can affect and develop their economic um, relationships. South Africa is facing a quite an enormous challenge with energy energy production. What the BRICS and those who have just joined potential for for cooperation as far as energy is concerned. The green and sustainable development issue was a critical theme for South Africa's presidency of the BRICS. Obviously, reflecting our issues at home and some of the other um, other to continue to develop the economy, but are facing you know real issues of trying to overcome. Um, carbonization and energy transition in an affordable way. Um, within the BRICS, the, the trend that we've seen is that they operate on consensus. So everything that we've seen in this long declaration that came out related to energy and climate was agreed to by all five members. And I think that's, that's very critical because they reiterated again in the, in the declaration that, you know, using fossil fuels um, has the opportunity to, you know, improve each member can each member state's development. I mean, we've seen it from the global north. That is how they develop by burning coal um, and um, and such such hydrocarbons. Mm. So for for South Africa, we're in a state where we have built up our economy using um, hydrocarbons, using coal, and we are. But we are understanding of the fact, and this was reflected in the summit that we need to start exploring these renewable energy opportunities. And I think that's where where this cooperation can really come into play. Uh, like I've said, Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates are really key players in investing in renewable technologies, which 
some countries in the developing South, especially you know BRICS members, well the expanded BRICS members, don't yet have access to. So building up those sort of corridors of cooperation, sharing knowledge between the states will really be critical going forward. Um, really the basis of some of South Africa's engagement with China. China is also an economy that is a heavy, heavy polluter. But at the same time, they are leading the world in producing, you know, solar panels and these tools that are needed to engineer the green transition. So I think what will be critical coming as soon as we, you know, approach the next summit, which will be hosted by Russia, is to see, you know, the degree to which this consensus that existed in the previous, in the sort of the original BRICS where they agreed that they still need to use fossil fuels, but at the same time balance that with developing their renewable capacity. We need to see how far this will change once we add these new members. I think that would be very interesting. You know, as much as I said, Saudi Arabia and the UAE invest in, um, in renewable energy and renewable technologies, with Iran, those three countries are major oil producers. So they have significant interest in the hydrocarbon industry. I mean, at previous COP um, climate conference, you know, events, they, as part of the oil producing countries group, have, you know, lobbied and, and defended oil and gas and the development for development. Um, so it, it will just be interesting for, for the BRICS and especially with South Africa, you know, that, that sitting at this critical stage in our just transition, how they will be able to come to a new understanding on climate issues, what the next declaration will look like, how they will phrase, how they are working on energy. And I think it, it will really have a strong impact going forward the, the, the way that the world views the BRICS and how, how the BRICS speak for the global south. We're heading to UAE. We had a very successful uh, COP27 in Egypt, Jamal Sheikh as well. Ubuntu Radio was there to uh, broadcast there and just really to take South Africa's message to the world. Let's look at uh, what, what, what will be South Africa's agenda, you think, going to this, um, this COP, uh, which is uh, COP28 in a couple of months' time. I think chief on the the list for South African negotiators will be what our Minister Barbara Kruse just said now at the recently concluded Africa Climate Summit, which is that our just energy transition partnership, the implementation plan needs to be finalized. I think that's really critical to get our just transition, you know, moving along. And, and this is referencing the 8.5 billion US dollars um the climate pact that we entered into with some of the Western countries, which has faced some delays, but I think it's it's sort of the position of South Africa that we really need to get that concrete so that as we move to COP28, we can really um, add our weight as South Africa behind Africa's decision because um, significant was the agreement as well as the Africa Climate Summit for sort of an African agenda for climate change. And we hope that this will boost Africa's negotiation um, positions on key issues like loss and damage when we get to COP28. And having South Africa's voice, you know, firmly behind Africa is something that I think um, South Africa will be looking forward to. You know, we are a key voice of the continent, a key player within climate and time. You know, we are on this continent that is extremely vulnerable to climate change. So it's our, part of our sort of mission at COP. Uh, events to really push the voice of Africa. Um, so uh, that's what I'm hoping to see. I mean, South Africa is squarely with the demand that came out of the um, African Climate Summit that, you know, developing countries 
the most developed countries, excuse me, need to come to the table and bring the $100 billion that they have promised many years ago to finance, you know, um, the climate mitigation and adaptation projects that are sorely needed on the, on the continent. Um, again, I think um, other BRICS members are, are probably in our camp. You know, we, we would see support from, from Brazil. China was very instrumental as well in sort of getting the loss and damage fund into the COP agenda. So that, that's where I see South Africa's strategy heading to COP. It looks as if you, you are quite confident that South Africa still has a stature as far as uh, global governance is concerned. Why do you think that uh, South Africa still continue to be respected in various multilateral platforms? We want to hear what South Africa think. Why is South Africa still regarded as one of the key players as far as global governance is concerned? I think with with South Africa, you know, we we really tend to to come to these international um, events with sort of a clear agenda, although it may not always come across like that. I think especially within the climate conversations, you know, we are not shy to put up our hands and say that we are polluters, but at the same time, you want us to to follow this green transition path, but we need the assistance. And I think that sort of honesty is what puts a lot of um, belief in in what what South Africa can do in these multilateral forms. I think we're also quite... Well, we are continuing to build up our capacity to really balance where we are and what positions we are able to take. So, as I said, you know, South Africa participates in the COP negotiations. We're part of the Africa sort of negotiating group. But at the same time, we, we operate with Brazil, India and China as part of the basic group um, in kind of conversation. So, we are able to work with different groups of people at different times. Of course, the, the Just Energy Transition Partnership was negotiated with a group of developed nations. So I think that the fact that we are continuously working on our ability to balance our interests within these different groupings at all of these multilateral events is really what has kept us you know, in the game as a sort of a big name that, that can throw our weight behind, you know, significant um, international decisions. We saw that as well with back during COVID with the, um, the TRIPS waiver at the World Trade Organization where South Africa, together with India, we were very vocal that you know, the developing world cannot um, keep up with, with the developed world. We need access to vaccines. We need to have a waiver in place that will allow us to produce life-saving vaccines against COVID-19. And I think what we saw out of that is that maybe there isn't a TRIPS waiver now, but many, many countries were able to buy into South Africa's proposal and, and throw their weight behind it, most significantly the United States. So I think that's, that's really why South Africa continues to play this leading role in international um, events. Well, one of the things that we want to see continue is your interest also as far as climate change is concerned. Take us through how did your interest come about as far as climate change is concerned? I mean, climate change is an area that is constantly developing. I mean, it's changing very quickly between the debate at the level and then the global debates that South Africa participates in. There's always something new to learn, which definitely attracted me to this area. And with the BRICS as well, I've always been interested in this group because there are so many dynamics at play. And when you bring that together with 
the different dynamics of climate change, it really makes for an interesting study area that can keep you occupied for quite a long time. I mean, um, climate is an, is an area of the best agenda where they really have the opportunity to use the global attention on this group to call for real finance and real action to work towards addressing climate change. So that, that potentiality is what keeps me interested in climate change for sure. I mean, I was not always a climate change researcher. I was definitely more in the politics and international relations game. But I'm sure you've seen from your experience that climate is an area that crops up in almost every conversation. You can't talk about global reform without talking about the way that we need more climate finance. You can't talk about global security concerns without talking about climate change. So it's just, it's a really dynamic area and that's what is keeping me definitely engaged. Let me thank you so much uh, for your time to be available to speak to us and, or here on Ubuntu Radio as well. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. Really appreciate